Hey gang, are you in a band in Austin? You're looking to make the leap from the band of schmoes to the band of pros? Well, you can start by rehearsing at Space. Space is a state-of-the-art affordable venue for rehearsal and recording located just a few short miles south of downtown Austin. 31 spacious rooms, great PAs, and a very helpful and courteous staff. That's Space Rehearsal and Recording. Find them at 512-448-9518 or go to spaceatx.com and take the talent train from Schmoesville to Protown with Space Rehearsal and Recording. Let's get down. Hey gang, I want to make a quick announcement. Since we started this podcast in 2011, only the last 20 episodes have been available on the streaming services. You had to go back to the Podbean app or to the website, howdidigethere.podbean.com to access past the 20 last 20 episodes. Well, gang, big surprise. As of now, the last 100 episodes are available on all streaming sites. That includes the From the Vault episodes. All of the episodes, the last 100 episodes from this episode back are available now on all streaming services, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Stitcher. Go there. Whichever one you're subscribed to, whichever one you use the most, go subscribe to How Did I Get Here. Follow us, rate us, leave us a comment if you can, and, uh, and check out the episodes, man. Get out there and enjoy the last 100 episodes of How Did I Get Here on your favorite streaming services. Let's get down. Johnny, I'm your host. Welcome to the show. I hope you guys all had a good weekend, whatever it is you did this weekend. Um, I had a really great weekend, but I'll talk about that in just a minute. Before I talk about this, man, there has been a lot of, uh, of people passing away over the last week. Our friend Brad Hauser last Monday, bass player from Edie Brickell and New Bohemians, a guy that's played with so many people here in town and has touched so many lives. Never really seen such an outpouring on social media of 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 somebody's loss you can see how many lives he affected and how many lives he touched and uh and that's been a really sad loss that i actually felt he was a friend of mine uh but there's also like tony bennett died uh that's a sad loss he was such an inspiration i don't listen to tony bennett all the time but when i do he blows my mind and uh i do i do appreciate listening to his interviews and his wisdom and his take on what he does what he did as an artist as a singer as a, you know, as a great singer, one of the greatest singers of all time. Um, I've taken a lot of inspiration from his words and his, uh, and his view on life. Also, Randy Meisner from the Eagles and Poco and God knows how many other bands. Um, that guy passed away. That's a sad loss. That's the guy that wrote Take It to the Limit. It's one of my favorite Eagles songs. Um, he was the Eagles bass player until, that, until the long run when Timothy B. Schmidt joined. So, uh, yeah, Randy Meisner passed away. Then Sinead O'Connor passed away. That was a really sad thing. And I realized uh, when I was flying back from Michigan yesterday on the plane, I was listening to uh, some people talking about her on a podcast. And I was like, man, I, I kind of fell off. Like those first three records, uh, I really connected with, especially The Lion and the Cobra. That, like, that was such a true like alternative record. I think the first song I heard from there was I Want Your Hands on Me. My friend Bruce Mahart turned me on to it. 
uh, he was like, you got to hear this. And it was like alternative music. You know what I mean? It was alternative to what was happening then. Whenever it was that record came out, 87, 88, whatever was happening on the radio, Def Leppard, George Michael, uh, uh, Madonna. I don't know if it was exactly a big Madonna record at the time that this came out, but you know what I mean? In Excess was maybe the most alternative thing going on. But they were really mainstream at the time. And they were talking about stuff that, you know, need you tonight and all this stuff. But uh, Sinead O'Connor came out and she she had a new take on things. And she had a different kind of intensity of what was going on. And sort of like the way that women were represented in the 80s to have this woman come out, you know, with the shaved head and like with, you know, making this crazy face on this album cover. Like, who is this? What is she saying? Getting into those songs and hearing, you know, where she was coming from. It was moving. She was a, a bold and brave artist. Uh, I also got I Do Not Want What I Have Not Got, which was the Nothing Compares to You record. And then I remember getting I, Am I Not Your Girl and just being blown away by sort of the singer she had become and sort of the elegance of that record uh, and the intensity. There was always an intensity to her. But I dropped off after that. I don't, I don't, I don't recall. It's, it wasn't like I was against Sinead O'Connor for any reason. I just kind of dropped off. I went somewhere else with my, with my musical listening things and uh it was interesting to be brought back to this music and listening to these uh you know listening to these records on the plane and uh and yesterday when i got home and just kind of like connecting with them again and 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 you know realizing what a powerful artist she was and re- and and being sorry i never went to go see her i didn't buy all her records when they came out after that so uh i'm, I'm going back and i'm listening to her catalog now also uh paul rubens died Pee Wee Herman. This is a real bummer <laughs> intro of a podcast, but shit, man, that's a that's a sad loss too, man. What a great dude, Paul Rubens. Love that guy. I'm sorry that he's gone. But um, yeah, that's a that's a whole sad thing, you know. I guess this is the only thing that's guaranteed in life. That's the one thing we know is going to happen, right? Anyway, um, so that was that's a lot of that's a lot of death. So uh, may all of them rest in peace and thank you for your inspiration and your artistry. And uh, I'll personally miss Brad Hauser uh, as a friend and the rest of them I'll miss as artists. And I'm um, sad that they've all passed away. Uh, so yeah, that, that was a very intense thing that happened over the last week. Um, as you guys know, if you listen to the show, I have gone out and done these shows with Fastball this week in my first shows. They asked me to come in and be their auxiliary guy playing guitar and keyboards and singing some backing vocals. And uh, they've been old friends of mine for 30 years, all of them individually. I've always been a fan of that band. I've played with uh, with Miles and Tony outside of Fastball in a lot of different stuff. And Miles and I hang out a lot. We're good buddies. And, uh, and it was really great to get out there and play with them. We went to Pittsburgh. We played there on Friday. It was great great show it was like this free show on the lawn if you live in austin it was kind of like a blues on the green kind of thing hundreds of people people singing along with this band watching them take that crowd and 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 you know this it was just great getting to watch people that are great at what they do and being being part of it you know i was over there on the side and i'm playing but i'm getting to see this greatness happen and i'm like oh yeah that's why they're fastball right not just the songs you come to these shows man these guys are amazing not only are are miles and tony two of the of the best songwriters around at least in my scene, for sure. Uh, 
they're also an incredibly powerful band that does this amazing thing live. Like what a great performance and taking songs and stretching them out and involving the crowd. And, 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 you know, they get to the hits at the end, like, like out of my head or, uh, or fucking, uh, the way and people are singing the choruses and it's just beautiful, just a beautiful thing. And seeing the, the, the effect that they've had on people, you know, with that their music's had on people. Joey Shuffield is easily one of the best drummers I've ever played with. Amazing. Amazing. It's such a nice guy. The hangs were great. Great. So that show in Pittsburgh was fantastic. Then we went to Grand Rapids, Michigan. And boy, that town is awesome. It is awesome. It's beautiful. It's, uh, it's on the rise. There's a lot of stuff happening. We were staying right downtown at this place called The Canopy that has all kinds of stuff. It has a movie theater. Has, uh, it has a big lawn area, which is where we played, right outside of our hotel. You walk out, walk around the side of the hotel, boom, you're at the gig. That was amazing. The weather was fantastic. Highs were in the 70s. You know, to come back to 107 in Texas, that was a sad move. But being up there was beautiful. Uh, the hotel also had a rooftop bar area. And so Saturday when we all flew in, uh, Miles and Tony and I sat up there and had a couple cocktails and talked about life, talked about fastball. It was fun. It was really, really fun. And then my friend Mark Hallman and his wife Kristen are now living six months out of the year in northern Michigan and we're in, just happened to be in Grand Rapids. So we went out to dinner that night, had a great time. And then after dinner, <laughs> Tony went upstairs, Miles went upstairs and I was like, hey, Miles, do you want to grab another drink? And he was like, yeah. And so on his way down in the elevator, he ran into this girl, Lee, from the band Sixpence None the Richer, the singer from Sixpence None the Richer. And she was out looking for some Skittles in the hotel. Just happened to play uh, on Saturday night. We didn't know she was playing there. Miles ran into her in the elevator and then some random dude named Doug. And then we all went to this other bar and hung out. And that was great. Great conversations. Talked about stuff. Had another cocktail one nightcap, if you will. And then uh, the gig... It was beautiful in Grand Rapids. I walked around all day and it was just gorgeous outside. I, uh, the gig that day was really great too, man. Once again, seeing the crowd, meeting fans of theirs that have been fans for so long, you know, they're interested in like, oh, wow, how do, what, what are you doing? Who are you? You know, that kind of thing. And you're talking to them and you see the profound effect. They're like, oh, you know, when I was 10, I heard The Way and then I became a huge fan and I started listening to other stuff and, you know, younger people, older people, all these people singing along with the songs. It was just beautiful. In, uh, in Grand Rapids, there were these super fans there that were asking, asked, you know, specifically asked the guys to play these songs, uh, very obscure, deep cuts. And so they did a few. I actually played on one of them. It was great. But man, what a what a great experience. And also, I do have to say, once again, hanging out with Tony and Miles and Joey, super fun. We're we're from the same family. We're from the same neighborhood. You know, we, we, we all kind of speak the same language. We have the same musical language, all of that stuff. And it's just was it was really fun. They're very nice people, very fun people to hang out with. And uh, and I had a great, great time. Now, the one mistake that I did make gang <laughs> was booking my flight home on Monday for six in the morning. My flight left uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan at six in the morning, dude. So I, I, I woke up at three and I'd set all these alarms for like three thirty, three forty-five. 45, like two on my phone, the alarm clock in the hotel. And I asked for a wake up call. So I woke up at three and realized that if I went back to sleep, it was probably a big chance that I wasn't going to make it. So I got up, made some coffee packed up my bags and, you know, made sure everything was together, took a shower, got dressed and uh, went outside and waited for my Uber 30 minutes early to enjoy 62 degree weather because I knew I knew this was going to be my last experience with 62 degree weather for a while. So 
I, uh, I, yeah, I came home. The only mistake was making that flight <laughs> that early. Otherwise, what an amazing weekend. I want to thank those guys for having me. Um, I'm doing another show with, uh, with them at in Tomball in a couple weeks. I think it's the 17th of August or something. But what an exciting, exciting weekend and what a fun weekend. So I want to thank uh, Tony, Joey, and Miles for having me out. And uh, I don't know, treat me, treat me like a bro. Great times. I'm looking forward to doing more shit with them. Gang, I have a great show for you today. Americana artist, singer-songwriter Beth Bambara from St. Louis, Missouri is my guest on the show today. She has a brand new album coming out this Friday, August 4th. It's called It All Goes Up. The album's absolutely fantastic. There are a couple singles available out right now. One of them is called Lonely Walls. I will play it for you. I love the line in the chorus. I'm not asking for anything crazy. I just want to be with the one that I love. What a great, great line. This record comes out on, uh, on Black... Mesa Records from Tulsa, Oklahoma. A cool new label happening up there. We have a great conversation about that. We have a great conversation about how she got started in music and sort of like that feeling that you have when you're doing music for the very first time with a group of people like in a garage or in a room or something like when you're a teenager, how all the hair on your arm stands up and how you commit. Some people like myself and Beth commit at that moment. We're like, we're in, we're doing this, man. You can find her at BethBambara.com. She's going to be playing uh, a lot of shows in the Midwest this summer. You just go to BethBambara.com, check out all of her things. She's playing Americana Fest in September. And uh, we have a really, really, really great, 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 great conversation. Uh, Lonely Walls, the song that I'm going to play for you guys, has a great, great guitar part in it. Just beautiful, beautiful guitar in it. And uh, her, her husband did the album cover amazing album cover this collage kind of album cover it's one of my favorite kind and as i said it's coming out on vinyl so you can get it and look at the big thing we have a great conversation about her journey in music where she's going and all about this record it all goes up which will be available this friday august 4th go to bethbombara.com see if she's coming to a town near you she'll actually be playing this uh let me see right here i put it in my in my uh right here she'll be playing in michigan this thursday august 3rd She'll be in Munising, Michigan. I don't know where that is. Gallery Coffee Company. Go to BethBambara.com. Find out if she's coming to a town near you. We have a really great conversation. She's a fantastic person and amazingly talented. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with the amazingly talented and very cool Beth Bambara. Let's get down. I'm still waiting for the sun to shine For the world to return to How much more can we take? Yeah, the bend will surely break And we're crumbling I'm doing pretty well. Thanks. How are you? I'm good. Are you in St. Louis? I am in St. Louis, yeah. That's a solid Midwestern town. Yeah. Have you always been there? Are you from there? Um, I have been here. It feels like I've been here a long time. Um, I've been here most of my adult life. Uh, when I stopped moving around. <laughs> what made uh, you end up in St. Louis? So I actually, I grew up in Michigan. Okay. And um, I... Uh, did I ended up transferring colleges to a school just outside of St. Louis. And so that's sort of when St. Louis kind of um, 
came into my world in terms of the city and I didn't really know that much about it. And, um, so I would, uh, go, go to St. Louis, uh, on weekends to hang out. And there was tons of, tons of things to do music, art, uh, restaurants, uh, all the fun stuff. Yeah. And, uh, then I, I sort of just fell in love with it. Yeah. It's a cool town, man. I've been there a few times to play. Cool. Where, uh, what venues do you remember? Some places there's, uh, there was a, is there a down, a downstairs place that duck place? The the duck room. Yes. Yeah. The duck room. Yeah. Yeah. The, the duck room was uh Chuck Berry's venue. Right. That's yeah. Right. Cause he did the duck walk when he played guitar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so this album, It All Goes Up, is great. Thank you so much, Johnny. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's really, really great. You're such a great songwriter and such a great singer. Um, also, the album cover is really cool. Who did that? Thank you. Um, my husband did it. Oh, yeah? He has sort of, I guess, the past couple of years gotten more into graphic design stuff, and he's always had a great eye for, for things, for design and art and stuff like that. And so I just sort of, I, I gave him the job. I said, Hey, do you want to make the record cover? And, uh, I, I had given him some ideas of direction I kind of wanted. And then he was working on it and he said, Hey Beth, I'm sorry to tell you, I just don't have the, the skill to do this yet. What, what you want, but I have another idea. So we talked through it and, and, um, he he pitched me on this idea of like a collage sort of elements yeah. and uh yeah so uh that picture of me i'm really small that is actually a picture from a vacation we took to hawaii oh awesome and then uh he just sort of pulled all the other elements together and and um yeah i i love it i think he did a great job yeah he did he really did like i think it's 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 beautiful. I might ask him to do something someday as well. I did. There's yeah, just something. I there's think... just something really. Uh, I don't know. Let me look at it again because maybe I'm I'm crazy. No, I love it. I, I love <laughs> I, I love that style of art. It reminds me of uh, of uh, like uh, you might be too young for this, but there was a show called Monty Python's Flying Circus. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I wasn't. Yeah, I know what you're talking about there. They did collage art like that in between sketches that I always was just really in love with. And it has that same feeling. And there's an excitement to that kind of art. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm sort of like anti what people normally do in the sense of like, (laughs) you know, I know it's the you get a cool photo of yourself and that's the record cover. And I totally get that because it helps people, you know, connect with your face and all that. But I, I just, um, yeah, I'm excited to do something that's a little more yeah. art based or artistic. Yeah. So. To me, you can, you can do that sort of quote unquote branding and maybe it's just a, a being a, a dude that's done this since he was a kid in his fifties. Like to me, it's just way more interesting to have this album cover than no offense than just a, a person's face. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad you dig it. Yeah. Yeah. Who, uh, who played guitar on this record? 
Um, so there's a guy named Sam Golden who has joined, sort of joined my band, my live band in the past year. He's the and crazy he guy. And he's playing. He's playing all the get all the lead guitar. I love that dude. Yeah. Sam Golden, uh, the amazing thing about him, not only is he a wonderful guitarist, he also is a fantastic violin player. Oh, really? And uh, he can play, he has all of the strings. He has like a full string quartet that he can play. So I actually approached him about doing strings for the record. And um, he's playing all the strings on the record as well. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so interesting because there's such different approaches. Yeah, very much so. Like stylistically from each of the, like his approach is real. That's an interesting cat. Yeah, it's been super fun to work with him and um, flesh some of these songs out with him. Do you, uh, you write, you're a solo writer? Yeah, um, what what usually happens is um, I will come up with what I, the bones of the song, uh, the, the chords, the melody and the lyrics. And then, um, I then take that to, uh, my husband who is also in my band. He plays the bass guitar. Um, and he sort of acts as like my editor. He's like, well, what, what if you change this part or what if you, he you know, what if we do that with you? Right. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. we sort of produced yeah. it together. Yeah, yeah. Um, I pulled him in for some things. Uh, we collaborated a bit on that, but yeah, so generally that's how my writing process works. I'll have a song and then, um, he, he will sort of help me refine it. Yeah. So, yeah. And I've even, I've even been in binds where I say binds. Um, so music comes really easy to me in melody. Uh, the lyrics sort of, can be a piece that I might get stuck on sometimes. And he is very good with words and lyrics. So sometimes I've been in a situation, this, this literally happened for this record, for the song, everything I wanted. We had recorded all of the, we recorded the band together live in the studio. And then it, it came to be vocal day. So I had to go, to the studio and track all my vocals. And I wasn't totally happy with the lyrics yet for the song, everything I wanted. And, um, it's sort of like, okay, you're going to go in and track these vocals and that's going to be it. That's going to be the final lyrics. So, um, so Is that Kit, the, I'm not asking my, for anything crazy. I just want to be with the one I love song. Oh, that's Lonely Walls. Oh, that's it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, okay, that's sorry. Lonely Walls. Sorry. So anyway, but for everything I wanted, we were I was going in to do vocals for it the next day, and I was like, man, these lyrics aren't finished. I can't track vocals for this song until they're finished, and I didn't feel like they were finished. And so I, I was just sort of tapped out, you know, so I went to bed, and he stayed up uh, till the wee hours of the morning, and he finished writing the lyrics for me. So he, he knew the idea I was trying to portray. Right. And so he started just, he really, yeah, I woke up and I was like, well, I don't think we can record this song. He's like, no, no, no. I think, I think I got it finished. (laughs) And so I was like, you're kidding me. So, 
yeah, so that's sort of like how we work. He'll, uh, yeah, it's a good partnership, I think. Yeah. And do you guys have a studio there at your house where you recorded or? We do. We, um, we have a, a little home studio that I like to utilize for demos, but, um, we've also used it to do some overdubs like percussion, maybe some background vocals, um, and various things. So you did the other recording in a studio, the rest of it? Yeah. Yeah. So we did, um, all of the basic tracks we did at a studio in St. Louis called Midtown Sound, Uh Midtown Soundhouse. And, uh, we worked with an engineer that, that I've worked with on a few other records and I just, he's super easy to work with. He's a good friend. And so, uh, he started working out of this studio. So we went there and, um, as much as we could set the whole band up together and tracked as much live as we could. Um, and that always is my favorite way to record. It just has a certain energy. You just, you do it and you can't overthink a lot of it. Yeah. And you're capturing magic. Yeah. Yeah. You're capturing the magic of performance as opposed to like carving out some kind of perfect thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I think both ways are, both approaches are valuable, but um, my, my favorite way to make a record is just set everybody up and do as much of it live as you can. Well, especially like when you're doing this, like the way that this record is, there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of dynamics in the song that is exciting when you're achieving those dynamics and creating those dynamics as a unit. Yeah, you know? definitely. Definitely. You can hear it and you can also feel it, I think, on recordings. Yeah. There's, uh, I agree with that. Do you, do you listen, like, what, what, what kind of, like, what, what gets you going when you're listening? Like, what's, what's some of your favorite music that you listen to? Mm. It probably depends on my mood. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but uh I mean So I've gone I've definitely gone through like phases um and I'm trying to think of so like when I first started uh getting into music and listening to music I was I was really into like the loud loud stuff, punk stuff like uh, even some like melodic hardcore metal stuff. Uh, but then I sort of, I, oh, go ahead. No, but that that's all like organically made. A lot of times that's a band playing in a room as well. Like there's. Totally. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, sorry, sorry. What else? Yeah, no, that's okay. And so like, as I was uh, starting to explore all of this music when I was younger, oh, I remember like going into a record store and buying a, clash combat rock cassette tape and i listened to that a lot um and i think just something about you know going going through uh those angsty teen years or whatever i really like related to a lot of those styles of music but um then sort of when i moved to st louis was actually when i sort of discovered what i would call more of like the roots music Americana sort of realm. So I, I listened to Wilco for the first time and I was like, what is this? This is awesome. Um, and then like, then Gillian Welch, um, that's all super organic stuff. 
Yeah, yeah. So I think I, I really gravitate towards yeah. those styles of music. Um, and then, um, I mean, also Radiohead has always been one of my favorite bands, too. So sort of, I mean, it's I, I'm into a lot of different stuff, but but I, I, I think really emotive stuff, organic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Is what really get, gets me going. Yeah, definitely. Um, there was something I was going to ask you about. Uh, about Wilco. What was it about them that 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 got you after listening to all that crazy? <laughs> stuff? Yeah, well, uh, the the first Wilco record I I really dove into was Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Oh yeah, and um, there's a little bit of that sort of like frenetic sound yeah. that that some of the songs sort of like uh, go off on the rails like a little bit. That I, I I think I really liked that. I was like, wow, this is kind of weird and cool, but it's also very melodic and um, yeah, I, it's something about it. All of that just you know pulled me in. Yeah. You know, the first song I ever figured out by ear was, uh, well, Should I Stay or Should I Go? That's on Combat Rock. Right? Oh, yeah. yes, yes, totally. From the cassette I bought. <laughs> cassettes, <laughs> yeah, man. Cassettes. I, yeah. You, you seem way too young for cassettes to me. Whoa. Well, You're I mean, I can tell you to how. You no, no, no. You don't, you don't have to divulge. You don't have to do anything <laughs> weird. Uh, I, um... I get a lot of people tell me that I'm that I look a lot younger than I am. That's so. great. That's in fact one of the great things in life is to look <laughs> younger than you are. That's really one of the best. I'm not complaining, yeah, but I did. Complain. I did have. I did own a few cassette tapes um, and had a little cassette player in my bedroom. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So you're from Michigan. Where in Michigan? Um, Grand Rapids area, so oh, Western yeah. Michigan. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing about, there. In a oh, couple excellent! Weeks. Yeah, is it at the? Wow, you're playing in Grand Rapids. You said I am playing in Grand Rapids. I can. I'll tell you where it is. But go ahead, tell me where you're from. Ah, yeah. So I I grew up in Grand Rapids, um, and uh, born and raised. Uh, moved away when I was. I think I was about. 21 when I moved away, like for good. So you so. Grew, was, what was it like growing up there? Like what was there? What did you go see music and stuff? Were your parents into music or anything like that? So interestingly enough, like my, my parents appreciated music, but like they didn't go to a ton of rock shows. Like they, they liked going to the symphony and like my dad was super into classical music. Um, and, uh, so I never, like, I always really wish that, like, I could trade my musical childhood sometimes with friends that I have that they're like, oh, yeah, my dad had this big record collection. And, you know, that's when I listened to Dylan and, like, whatever. And, like, that really wasn't, that wasn't my experience. I had to, uh, I, I remember, like, listening to the radio on my little boombox and recording it to a cassette tape so I could re-listen to the songs yeah, that yeah, I liked. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, going to the local record store and just saying, hey, what what's new? What's cool? What, what should I listen to? And, um, and, and I was the oldest of two, uh, no, sorry, the oldest of three. So you didn't have, you didn't <laughs> so, have like a music guide 
Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, I sort of had to just discover this all on my own. And so, yeah, going to the, there was a couple cool record stores in town. Um, and, uh, Vertigo records is still there, I think. Um, and then of course, like I, I couldn't get into a lot of clubs being under 18. Um, but there was one place in town that sort of popped up in, in, was sort of like an all ages um, coffee shop because they didn't, it wasn't a bar, but they just really fostered this atmosphere of, you know, appreciation for music and, and acceptance. And so that was a place that I would go hang out a lot. And when I started, started a band, like we were playing there really frequently. So that, that place was called Skeletones. Skeletones. What, uh, uh-huh. what was your first band called? It was called Green Means Go. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Dr. It was Seuss, me. Right? What's that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, it, so it was me and three other girls um, that I had met through two of them I went to school with, and one of them we just sort of, like, picked up. <laughs> and she, she was like, oh, yeah, I, I kind of play drums, and I really want to be a drummer, but I don't have my own kit. And, like... Thinking back on it now, it's so wild to me because, like, she never ever had her own drum kit. Like, <laughs> it, like she always like borrowed one that was in my basement or something. Like, and I'm like, how? Did, well, I mean, we weren't we weren't very good. So, how old were you? Didn't, how old was I? Yeah. Um, I think I was 16 when we played our first show. What in, What inspired you to want to start a band? Like, what? What was it? What did you see? What did you hear? Uh, so I think, um, for me, and this is something I still love. One thing I love about music and performing music is just doing it with, a, with a group of people doing it with others. Um, that just is such a fulfilling experience for me. So I think the idea of getting together with other people and, uh, making up songs together, uh, was just in the experience of, and then performing those songs in front of other people, something about it was really energizing to me and, and just super fulfilling to do that with a group of other people who were, you know, when I started doing it, we're all like sort of, very new to that and we're like we don't know what we're doing but this is so exciting super fun oh yeah so fun so (laughs) i keep a photo of mine back here of my very first show when i was 14 and just just to remember what that guy how just playing in somebody's living room at 14 yeah with your band and you're playing Mm -hmm. rock and roll and it's just like oh man it's like I don't like flying. It was like flying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I, I think I, I just loved it so much. And, um, yeah. So it did that when I was 16 and I think that band sort of hung on till I was about, till I moved away from Michigan. So for five, five or so years, but, um, yeah, looking back on it now, it's, it's almost like, I got into it and I just, I never stopped. There wasn't a point where 
I wasn't in a band, you know, even if it wasn't my, my music, I just, I just loved doing it. So if somebody was like, Oh, do you want to, we're looking for a keyboard player. We're looking for like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really a drummer, but I can carry a, I can play a beat if I, you know, if somebody's looking for something simple. So like I played, I don't know, like three or four shows on drums with the band. Just is like so fun and, and freeing and liberating. Yeah. Do you, do you do you do other projects with your husband? Is that how you guys met? How did you guys meet? Yeah, so uh, we met um, in college, but uh, we we did this semester program where we went away to Martha's Vineyard and it was just a music program. And so literally all we did for a whole semester was write songs and work in the studio. And, um, (laughs) yeah. And and they asked you when you showed up at the beginning of the semester, they said, well, do you have any audio engineering experience? Um, Because we're going to pair up the students who have studio recording experience with some that don't, and you guys can sort of work together. Well, I, I had taken some recording classes and, um, and my husband also had taken some recording classes. So we actually got paired up with each other to be each other's engineer that semester. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) And, uh, so that's sort of, uh, when we started working together. It's the control room romance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty wild. It's pretty interesting. But, um, it's pretty interesting that you both were, uh, like in the artist and engineering, like you both switched, like you both walked in each other's shoes to do that. Yeah. 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 A little bit. Um, I mean, we are pretty different. He is, he is definitely more like engineer brained, uh, mechanical minded. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm like, I, I enjoy that stuff. I do like working in the studio, but he's way better at it than I am now because he's just done a lot more of it. So, so I know my way around and I can do stuff, but he's, he's sort of more of an expert than I am in that way now. Yeah. What is, uh, what's that scene like in St. Louis? Like, what's it like being a band in St. Louis? Um, that's a good question. I mean, there's, there's lots of good venues to play. Mm -hmm. There's like, if you're starting out there's great spots that you can kind of sort of get your feet wet. And, uh, then there's like, then you can move up and play like a little bigger venue. And then, um, so, so in that regard, I feel like, um, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity and it seems like, um, there's a lot of bands that are working pretty hard and just um, playing a lot in town and um, supporting each other and collaborating with each other. Um, so I think that it's a pretty, pretty supportive community um, with a lot of good places to play. And um, yeah, when I, when I first moved to town, I sort of, started meeting people in the music scene by going to uh, this open mic called Chippewa Chapel. That, that was like sort of, it's not happening anymore. I don't think, but 
it, it was going on for a long time. So that's sort of when I first was like writing my own music and trying to get that out there. And so, um, yeah. Those are always good scenes. Like, un- unfortunately, they, they, they're kind of not set up to launch you. But if you can get in and get out of like an open mic scene, because they're a little like everyone's just patting each other on the back when all they did was write a song, even if it's good. or You know what I mean? Like, I do have a little yeah, bit of a definitely. problem with that sort of environment. I do think it's great definitely. at the beginning and you need that sort of nurturing and encouragement. Mm-hmm. But then eventually someone has to tell you you're fucking terrible. To really to make oh, some good stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But I think for part part of I mean, for me, yeah, part of it is like going to and that's really the only open mic I went to. I wasn't like doing the open mic circuit or whatever. But <laughs> open mic. Um Yeah. No, but just just to sort of get a feel of like, oh, is is this song actually connecting with anybody? Right. Uh is this worth keep keeping on playing, but, but the other aspect outside of just the musical aspect of it was just me- meeting people and making friends. Cause I had just moved to town and, um, I don't know it, and even doing this open mic at this venue, then I was like, Oh, okay, well I'm, I'm putting out a, my first sort of like EP and maybe they'll book me to play here. And I couldn't even get them to email me back. I was like, well, I've, played the open mic there before. And so this was like, I, I finally had to like, I paid for a ticket to go see a show. And I had to like ask the bartender, like who does the booking? And it turns out that the owner was doing it and he was there that night. And he, and he like, he pulled out his computer and he says, Oh yeah, let me find a date for you. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is like, I've, this is how it works. You know, you have to meet people in person. So funny that you say that I, I work as a, uh, um, I'm a mentor in a, in a program here, uh, in, in this, uh, nonprofit called the Austin music foundation here. But I've also done consultations where people get to come in and have a free consultation with somebody and that, mm-hmm. that that thing of like social media and all of that stuff has made it to where people are within your reach. And, but there are people sometimes that are like, man, I've been emailing this band to see if they'll let me open for them. And then I'm like, have you ever gone to see that band? Like, no. It's like, so you're like a stranger, like asking a favor. Like it's, you still have to go and connect. And if you don't like doing that, this probably isn't the business for you. But if you do like doing that, and meeting people and going and making these connections, but I do. I mean, I've always liked it. It it is the the place for you because that's really how everything works. No one really wants to work with a stranger. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's so true. And and um, yeah, what you just said really resonates with me. I mean, I I don't. Uh, I I like. I'm sort of on the line of introvert extrovert. Right, <laughs> you know? right, right. I, I like going out and meeting, meeting new people. Um, but I also have a hard time uh, getting turned down and it just is really soul crushing for me. And so I, I learned pretty quick not to take things personally right. and you sort of have to just find that little extra, um, 
inspiration to keep putting yourself out there if yeah. you're not naturally like that. And yeah. so for me, that that's something I, I had to learn because I wasn't very good at it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of the weird talents. Like some people have a natural musical talent. That was like my natural talent was not being scared of that stuff. But I really had to work hard to play music. Some of my friends didn't. Like it just came mm. to them and they were fucking a hundred times better than me in like a week. And you're like, no, stop. <laughs> but yeah. Um, uh, so you're going out on the road on tour. Do you, do you tour regularly? Have you been touring for years regularly? Like it looks like you're going um, at least like regionally, like Ohio and. Yeah. So, uh, I, I sort of was in a good pattern of, uh, doing like a week out on the road and a few weeks home, a week back out, uh, a week, a few weeks home, um, like before 2020, I was really in that rhythm of just getting out a lot. And we were doing East coast stuff. We were doing, you know, Southern going down to Atlanta and stuff like that. But, um, I really haven't gotten back to touring as extensively since then. Um, it's just, I know, I know a lot of musicians have contributed or, or brought attention to the whole, uh, just how hard touring can be logistically and financially. Yeah. And, um, so I, for, for this record, yeah, we're doing a, mostly regional stuff. And then I'm hoping, um, based on the response to that, then maybe, um, this next spring we can sort of like hit the road a little bit further out. Yeah. Do you ever get down to Austin? Like, have you come and played South by Southwest? I did once and then I never did it again because <laughs> it was just so insane. And I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, I did, it's if, I, if, I, if I hadn't lived here, you know, like the only time I came from somewhere was Houston. So it wasn't that far. But if, mm -hmm. if I came from like Germany and and thought like this was going to be a great thing for my career and they i was like in the parking lot of like a hot dog place at like noon on a wednesday i would i'd have a meltdown <laughs> yeah i mean i think it's about i think it's about knowing yeah. sort of the situation you're getting into yeah. ahead of time and, and being prepared for that because it it's yeah and i i don't think i had i didn't have any um super high expectations uh when i played there but it just was sort of like I felt very lost in a sea of gigantic craziness yeah drunk people in the music industry yeah yeah um hey the place I'm playing is the Midtown GR yeah that's that? a great that's place. A place okay yeah it's a very nice listening room oh it is yeah awesome are you playing solo? Um, no, I am uh, playing, you know the band Fastball? Yeah. I am a, uh, like the auxiliary guy for a bunch of shows uh, this summer oh, cool. fall for them. Yeah. Yeah, they're old friends. That's they're exciting. From here, and we've all been bros for a long time and they were like, hey, do you want to do some shows? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. I love their That's music awesome. a lot. Yeah, and I love them as people, so it's going to be fun. Do you do a lot of... Um like auxiliary playing with other people sitting I, in. I, I've, I was always like the dude, 
like the songwriter and the singer of every band. And then like I had a, a, a major label deal and stuff. And, and at the end of that thing, like I was like, I, I don't want to that pressure of, I just want to be a guy walking on stage and like playing and sleeping in the morning and all that. So you know what I mean? Like not having the pressures of having to go to the radio place in the morning or go to the record store mm-hmm. in the afternoon, like just like, and and then just like the constant stream of bad news when you're the main person is just always, it's pretty depressing. And so after that experience, there was a, 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 a friend of mine that managed a band and they made a record that was kind of beyond what they could do live as a four piece. And it was the base, same thing like guitar keyboards and singing backing vocals. And uh, I said, yes. And I had such a good time that whenever mm-hmm. that opportunity has presented itself and it makes sense, I'm like, yeah, it just can't be forever. Like I can't, I can't be like the, the guy over there in the corner forever, but I love it when I, when I get to do it, I, I, you, it, here's a feeling like, can you imagine eating a hamburger and then just walking on stage and playing a show? Like as a singer <laughs> or like, you know, yeah, no. a, like I, I never do that. Like I remember when I was in that band, I remember eating and like setting my food like on the table backstage at and still chewing as I was walking on stage and going like, I love this life. Like nobody needs any. All I have to do is play well and stay the fuck out of everyone's way. Yeah, I can relate to that. Um, I think there's there's aspects of being the lead person as the front person or, you know, I mean, it's under my name. I play with a band, but everything's under my name. Right. And it, it it is really stressful sometimes to yeah. be to have everything fall on you. Um, and you're right. Like, yes, the good things, but then also the bad things yeah. <laughs> and being responsible for that or having to deal with that. I will say that being a sideman uh, and doing that ch- totally changed the way that I relate to people that are sidemen for me or side okay. people. You know, I, I definitely learned a lot about, realistically what to expect from people who Mm. to get you know what i mean like all that kind of stuff i just kind of learned and all of a sudden i was like oh i guess i can be a pretty big dick (laughs) 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 i had a band in the 90s and i found out after we broke up that they used to refer to me as the little general and it like it all made sense like once i was a side guy i was i'd be like god that guy's being a dick but he sounds exactly like me and so, <laughs> so I definitely like learned a lot about oh, myself and learned how to relate to others. Yeah, yeah, help me grow up. Um, but yeah, I just I, do you do. Well, that, that's great. Do you do any like solo acoustic shows and stuff like that? Like, how do you do? You have a job or something? No, I I do music full time. It's um, I feel very lucky that I've been able to do that. Um, St. Louis is a city that has a pretty low cost of living so that um, I've sort of tapped into that or like leaned into that. And um, I'm just trying to always figure out how I can spend my time to, to be better. Um, And and, it shows uh, in your music, by the way. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. just because I, I love it. I love doing it so much. So, uh, but to get back to your, your question, um, yeah, I will do a variety of 
full band gigs. I'll do a lot of solo gigs to sort of like supplement the yeah. band yeah. and all that. And just, you, you know, uh, but, uh, just kind of work, work my little booty off as much as I can. And, <laughs> yeah. and it, uh, it's somehow been working out. So, yeah, it, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to make it work, man. Yeah. There's a lot of moving parts. And I think, um, going back to like, just having to grow a really thick skin yeah, and, um, and not, not give up. And I've just sort of stuck with it. And I think that that's served me pretty well. Yeah. Do you do anything weird like, uh, in a cover band or anything? Um, I don't, I've played like some random one-off, uh, cover shows for like charity or whatever, sure, sure. but, um, not, not anything in a regular capacity. Yeah. I'd, but I have a, Oh, go ahead. No, no you go ahead. You have a, what? I have a, a Patreon that I've been trying to work to grow and that's been really positive for me. Um, people can um, access that from your website. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. What all do you offer on there? So, um, it sort of ch- changes um, from time to time, but um, for for a time period like leading up to this record, I was writing a song a week and just posting a video of me playing that song in its like rawest form, <laughs> and um, that's sort of actually where the songs from this new record came from oh, from awesome. that batch of songs. Yeah. So my goal, my goal was to try to do it for a whole year, but that sort of got really, really laborious. And I, and everybody decided unanimously on Patreon, they said, Beth, you should just, you know, this was great. You did this for like half a year, but now we really want you to take these songs and make a record. And I said, Oh yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but then, um, I'll, I have sort of a catalog of, unreleased songs that like I'll, I'll share with the patrons and, um, some, sometimes we'll do zoom hangs, um, and early, early access. So like if you join my Patreon right now, you can hear the whole record before it comes out. Um, so little perks like that. Awesome. Okay. Um, it all goes up is the name of the album and it drops on, uh, August 4th. For those of you listening, I know I probably said it in the intro of this and you can find Beth at Beth. Is it Bambara? That's how you say it. Okay. Yeah. Bambara. Bambara. BethBambara.com. Your record Evergreen that came out a few years ago is really beautiful too. I, that's, I, the only thing I listened to was these two records. Sorry, but I did no, listen to it all best. goes up a few times. Those are the best two records. Yeah. So. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm super flattered that you like both of them yeah. and I, I'm pretty proud of them. Yeah, you should be. I mean, you should be, you are really, really, really great songwriter in these records. Like, uh, I, I will have played a song at the, in the intro and, and outro, or at least part of the song, but there's like a, uh, you, you have, I saw you got compared to like Amy Mann. You do have that sort of, uh, 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 sort of Jedi level songwriting thing, but also coupled with really adventurous uh, recording. As I said, this guy that played guitar, who's my new favorite guitar player, 
in the world I found out also plays violin. But also, like, uh, you know, there's like, there's almost like slight shoegaze elements happening. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, guitar, power, pop kind of stuff happening. But overall, just you're such a great writer. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You're so a great much. singer, too, by the way. Thanks. Yeah, I was trying to sort of a little bit harken back to my, like, my early days of music and like uh, that's sort of like the shoegazy stuff. Um, I, I also came up on a little bit. So like for me, it's really exciting to explore all of those different musical elements and see like what, what can I sort yeah. of put together here? What, what, what's interesting to me about like combining some of these genres. And um, I had a lot of fun doing that with this record. And there was a point where I sort of thought, I was like, can I put all of these songs on one record together? Because some of them are pretty different genre wise than, than each other. So I, I just sort of, I think that they, sequencing the album was a little difficult, but I think I ultimately figured out a a sequence that felt good and that flowed pretty well that sort of tied these loose threads together. Um, and I just decided and kind of like, well, screw it. I, I, I want to put these songs together, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Uh, who is black Mesa records? Are they a label out of St. Louis? They're they're actually a label out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, awesome! So they're based in Tulsa, and um, they I sort of hooked up with them because I um, did some work with my friend John Calvin Abney, who was on their label, and he played John Calvin Abney played all the keys on the evergreen record. Okay. So he came on board to record that record with, with my band and we, we just had a blast doing it. And um, yeah, he was on the black Mesa family and that's sort of how I got hooked up with them, but they've been super great to work with. It's, it's my first time putting a record out on an actual label, which feels crazy to me. Cause I've been like DIY till I die. But, um, it's it's been great to have some outside support. Yeah, were they the ones that hooked you up with Hello Wendy, or did you find that yourself? Um, I I think I actually found Wendy before Black Mesa Records, but she worked uh, with me for the Evergreen oh, she did. record. Yeah, yeah, and she just wow, she's just on top of it. Yeah, she had she's a lot amazing. of things to say about you. And I know like when, when I get stuff, I, I do, I mean, I do say no if I don't like it or if I don't connect with it, yeah. if I don't like it and I think it's still good, I'm like, well, I mean, I'll definitely talk to these people. But if I don't, if I'm like, eh, but yours was just so good and I kept on listening to it. I was just like so blown away by just your songs and your singing and the production of the record is just incredible. I, uh, I mm. think, I think you two should go and, and, and produce other people too. become like the Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis of, uh, of St. Louis. <laughs> you know, I, uh, my, the part of what I enjoy about playing music, I think also would, would hold true for, for producing other musicians. So I, I, I haven't really given much thought to that, but I think, I think that'd be really fun. Cause I do love collaborating with other people. Yeah. 
I've I've done it I've done it a, a, a quite a few times, but it's funny whenever I've asked someone, <laughs> they always say no. I've only done <laughs> records for people that have asked me, like ones where I've been like, "Hey, I'd love to produce your record," and then usually I'll say something that they perceive as like cold hearted or something, uh, <laughs> in the process, <laughs> and talk them out of out of working with me. Oh, but that's, that's a funny. that's a tough. I mean, it takes especially. I mean, having a partner in it. Like, I think if it would have been me and somebody else, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I I would have had more fun doing it. But the sort of pressure of somebody else's shit on you can be. It can be a little, especially like if you don't like, <laughs> you know, like if the drummer is not great. And doesn't know how to tune his drums, and then you got to get a guy to come in and tune his drum. You know what I mean? Ooh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's the, that's I, the stuff that made me that that kind of took the wind out of my sails. Was like that stuff. Yeah, it's that's like people management skills. You wouldn't think that that goes into making a record but it really does oh so much so much i think i kind of feel like it's almost more important to have a psychology degree than a music degree to be a producer like in all honesty i believe that i don't think you really have to have that much musical knowledge to know if something's good or not you know (laughs) yeah that's really good insight there's i mean like rick rubin doesn't really play any instruments doesn't can't tell you what a g looks like but he makes great records yeah, there's yeah. something to that for sure. Yeah, that that whole idea of the role of producer, I think, is it's very interesting because, yeah, you, you're taking somebody who's sort of like might take your song and sort of like just massaging it or like just what whatever. See, I I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> it's like. Well, it's, you know you know it when you see it happening or when you feel it yeah. happening it's it's difficult to describe because it, every producer brings something you know i'm sure you've worked with different people where like one person's really good with songwriting one's really good with with uh with pitch stuff somebody doesn't really care about pitch but just as long as the vibe's happening he's like the vibe police or something you know what i mean yeah i i think that one thing that a good producer can do is, is help come in and create the vibe. Like what you just said, because, uh, you can have a great melody and you can have an acoustic guitar behind it, but like there's, there's these different elements of music that pull you in. Right. And it might be the lyric. Um, it might be the music itself is the thing that pulls you in first and it's the vibe and it's creating that feeling. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting because, um, when you take a melody and just a chord progression, you know, that's the song, but like you can create these other elements when you add to the music, building the song up that sort of yeah. communicate this emotion without lyrics. So you're taking the music and you're using just the music itself and other instruments to communicate something. And then you you can add the lyrics. I'm so sorry to do this. Um, I I lost the stereo you. I'm just getting you in one channel. Hang on one second. 
Okay. And I'm making a note of where I need to fix this stuff. Are you there? Yep, ah, I'm here. Perfect. You're back. All right. Okay. Um, oh, sorry, 48. That's where I need to fix it. Um, <laughs> yeah, the vibe. I'm sorry that you that killed our vibe. Speaking of vibes. Oh, no, that's yeah. okay. I mean, it's, it's um, yeah, we were just talking about how, Oh yeah. The thing that like, I think is so interesting about music is, is that you have these different elements that can connect with people in different ways. Like you can have, um, a song where you're being pulled in right. by the instruments and the, in the vibe that that's creating and that's communicating something to you without any lyrics even. Right. And so like that, that's, that's something that, that keeps me, uh, coming back to doing this. Like, I just love, it, it sort of feels like magic to me in this weird way. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's something about that when you play uh, your, I mean, I, like if, if I sit down to write a song, chances are it's going to be music first. If I use a drum machine or if I, if I uh, program something or if I, if, and, and start playing uh, all of a sudden you come across a chord or two chords that all of a sudden set a vibe and then melodically yeah. something falls out that, that complements that vibe and then lyrics to complement that melody on top of that. But you know what I mean? It's, it's such a beautiful process. It's amazing. And yeah, to be so yeah, frustrated. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, uh, do you still, you, are you still, instead of like releasing one of those songs a week, are you still, are you still like at a pace of like a song a week writing or? I haven't been, no, I'm a pretty, um, well, I try not to get, get down on myself about it, but I, I really do write in phases and I'm, I'm trying to be a more regular writer, but, um, like for right now I'm, I'm so focused on this, getting this record out there and trying to like tell it as many people about it as sure, I can. Sure. And, and I think, um, it's hard for me to, um, switch, switch modes from like promotion mode to creative mode. And, um, right. So I, I'm working on that. And, and I think, um, yeah, being able to have a more balanced sort of, like when I look at my week, you know, if, if I don't get that creative time in writing or just sitting with an instrument, it, it, it really does uh, really start to grate on me and I get a little more irritable and it's, like it's miss, just um, missing therapy or something. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So I, I am, um, I do have intentions to try to sort of get back to that a little more like um, after the record's out. So. All right. Well, uh, I look forward to hearing so much more music. Everyone, man, immediately go out there and check out these albums. It it all goes up and evergreen. I'm not sure if this podcast is going to drop before the album comes out. I think, is the 4th a Friday? Yeah. Okay. 
It might come out the day of the album. I'm not sure the next Tuesday. But anyway, okay. this album, It All cool. Goes Up, is great. Uh, there are singles available now. I have them written down. Where did I write them down? Uh, well, there's... Uh, um, hold on. Lonely Walls is out, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, anything else? That's um, every, everything I wanted, everything, everything I, I wanted, okay. lonely walls. And then moment comes out, um, in on Friday, this Friday. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, uh, Beth, this has been great talking to you. People can find you at Beth Uh, check out these records. If you're in St. Louis, look her up. Uh, if I'm ever there, I'll reach out. I'd love to meet uh, you and Kit in person. Yeah, 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 I would love that. Um, yeah, let me know. And I now I need to get to Austin. Um, do you know Allie Holder? I do. I know Allie Holder well. She's been on my okay, show a few she, times. Cool. Yeah. She is playing in St. Louis next week. Oh, really? And she is going to be staying at my house. Nice. Well, tell her I said hello. Yeah, um, I will. Uh, there was something I was... Oh, you're playing Americana Fest. Yes. Yeah, that, yes. that'd be fun. Yeah, will you be there? Nope. I mean, not that I know of. Okay. But okay. Cool. I very proudly said, nope, I will not be there. <laughs> Although I'd like to go there. You know what happens to me at those festivals like South by South? I just get drunk. Like, I have a great time. Yeah. It's not like a sad drunk, like, you know, oh, somewhere to go get Johnny fell down. It's like I'm the happiest guy <laughs> in the world to be there and be yeah. around all my friends. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right, Beth, it's been great talking to you. This is a fantastic record. You're a great songwriter, and uh, I can't wait to hear more from you. Thank you so much, Johnny. Yeah. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you, yeah, and I hope I hope we get to meet uh, in person yeah. sooner, than, sooner than later. Sooner than later. All right, well, nice talking to you on here. Good luck. Thanks so much, Johnny. Take care. Bye. Bye. That was Beth Bambara. What a great conversation. Her amazing album, It All Goes Up, drops this Friday, August 4th on Black Mesa Records. Go to BethBambara.com for all of your Beth Bambara needs. I want to thank my friend Wendy for setting that up. I want to thank Beth for taking the time to talk to me. It was wonderful talking to such an amazingly talented person. And uh, man, that album cover. I'm still crazy about it. I'm insane. It's coming out on vinyl. So go to BethBambara.com, get one of those. She also has a Patreon you can sign up on. Get involved with her there. Black Mesa Records is the label. Do the thing. Go to BethBombard.com. And gang, don't forget, when you're out there checking out BethBombard.com, you can subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you find podcasts, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast. And gang, don't forget, if you're subscribed on Stitcher, get off there and subscribe somewhere else because Stitcher is going under at the end of the month. They will no longer be around. Find us somewhere else, all right? Listen to the rest of this song, Lonely Walls, by the amazing Beth Bombara. Great conversation. Great. I want to thank her for doing the show. I want to thank you for listening. Have a great week. Let's get down. Trying to have